Okay. How was church, Alex? Man, church was good. We uh, we had probably 20 new people um, and only four filled out Connect cards. So That's the way it is, right? No doubt. Um, so do you man, guys like, do you guys do pen and paper connect cards or is it digital? It's both. So we have our first impressions team hand out uh, connect cards to anybody they know that's new that walks in. Um, they have like little perforated part at the bottom. They can fill out their info. They drop it off in a in the giving box on the way out. They get their coffee mug. They get their their treats in it, and uh, and they're out the door. Okay, and we have so an app that. There- there's a lot too. going on right there. There's a lot. There's let's, a whole lot there. Let's break it down nice and slow. How yeah, do the yeah. first impressions team know who's new? Um, they luck out at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just know. Um, yeah, we're we're working on that. So it's uh we feel like our church has grown in like five different tiers of people now. Um, yeah, we used to call them the waves, the first wave, the second wave. Yeah, I feel like our our team and myself included, we're pretty good on waves one through three, uh, waves yeah. five and six. Man, we just get. I, I ask people all the time. I walk up to them like, "Hey, have we met before?" Yeah, it's my fourth mm. time here. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, the worst yeah, thing is to say, "Are six. you new?" Yeah, yeah. I stopped saying that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is it your first time? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's no, I'm, I'm on the worship man. team, bro. <laughs> oh, man, you look familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man, they're just having to look out right now. Or, you know, like a lot of our people, um, they'll invite somebody and they know we have a first impressions team. So they'll introduce them and they'll give them like, hey, here's a connect card. Um, you can turn it in over here after service. Um, come inside the, the sanctuary, the cafeteria uh, yeah. with me. And uh, we've got communion over here. So these are the two things you'll need for service today. Um, and that's that's first impressions responsibilities to tell them the two things you'll need. Yeah, to catch them, welcome them, and then get them the two things they need for for worship that day. So do you do you guys take communion every Sunday? Every Sunday, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We we might have taken that from you, and then uh, and, and then I realize like theologically you should you should be doing that i'm of the i say i think you're allowed to do it and if i'm allowed to do it and i like it so much i'm gonna do it every time dude i'm doing it every time no doubt so at what point in the service do you do it uh we do it so we have two worship songs sermon worship song communion worship song dismiss okay yeah, yeah, and actually, right before the sermon, we have welcome and announcements. So, yeah. So you do There's you like do welcome time. and announcements after two songs or after one song? After two songs. Okay. Nearly mm-hmm. halfway in. Yeah, yeah. Worship leader first thing says, "Hey, welcome to Sante Church. Let's worship together." Two mm-hmm. songs in. Um, we we were doing it after the first song. It just felt like holy hokey pokey after a while it was sit up stand sit up. down stand up it was just ridiculous so mm-hmm. we tried to like really look at our service and consolidate when you stand when you sit and so now it's come in you sit you're welcome you stand 
and you sit down for a while and then you stand and, and you're out. So, yeah. Do you, do you ever listen to JV preach? No. Well, once or twice. But I've, I listen to him a lot and he'll often say, uh-huh. um, you can take your seat, you know, cause they do stand for, uh, stand for the scripture. JV will get up there and say, you can take your seat and he'll often go, and I'm going to let you keep it for a while. So you're not up and down. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to need two like things you- for the service. And the first impression team will walk me over there and make sure I get it. And then how do I, if I didn't fill out the paper card, how do I know that I can do the digital one? Um, that will be announced during the welcome. Um, and we are, yeah, so we just launched our app, our new church app that people can download to their phones. Um, and so, um, we will rock like a QR code. They can, they can scan it, but we're getting magnets made for the back of our chairs. So it'll be just scan that. that. It'll take you to the link and you can fill that out. Uh, Mm -hmm. who'd you go with for the app? Like what, if I was to download it, what do I look for? Man, you would just go to, it's a URL. I might do code. it right now. So, bro, you should. Let's see here. Um, let me pull up, let me pull up our, uh, our update email. Cause that's where it is. So we just switched from uh, ACS realm to something called church track. So I'm not going to search for Asante Church in the App Store. No, it definitely won't work. Here we go. That wasn't in the last one. This is riveting stuff. Here we go. Um, So, yeah, we just switched from Realm to ACS, and ACS came with... uh, it comes with a free app. So let's see here. All right. It is Asante Church dot church track. That's church T R A C dot com. Mm. And you'll have to do it in Safari. It's uh, oh, really? it's picky. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then at the it's bottom hard of your switch. phone, they're... yeah, it's hard What's switching uh, providers or whatever you call it, church management systems, isn't it? It is, man. Yeah, that's that's our giving. That's our assimilations processes. It's such a big decision, and if and you kind of got to get it right because you don't want to you don't want to ever switch again. Never, you never want to switch again. But this one was church track for us was cheaper. It did more than what our current uh provider was was doing and it and it just works better for us so you said four or five cards came in uh four cards this week nice yeah so what's your follow-up process going to be like i mean what is it like what's going to happen to those four cards Mm -hmm. uh so monday mornings um those end up on my desk. I go through them. Uh, if they're if they're in person, they look like this. And so oh, yeah. I just look at this card. I see if there's any next step on the back. This person here, they want to get connected to a group. And so I send them an email straight from my email address. And we chose not to do it automated. Um, 
So I look at their car and I go through, okay, is there a prayer request? I want to address that. Um, is there a next step on the back? I'll say, hey, welcome to Asante Church. So glad you're with us. We hope you experience this. Um, so happy we got a chance to worship with you. I noticed that um, you're asking for prayer on ABC. I'll be praying for that. And I noticed you wanted to get connected to XYZ, start a relationship with Jesus, get baptized, join a, a group, join a service team. And so then I'll basically any next steps like groups or serving, that's going to be on Jacob, our associate guy. Mm. And so um, I'll send them the email on Monday, Thursday, they'll get another email from Jacob. That'll be, hey, thanks again for coming Sunday. We'd like to invite you back this Sunday. And um, I see you want to get connected to a group. We just started home groups. You can hear the options of home groups that are still open. Um, if not, it's probably going to be wait till next semester. But that's kind of our process. So are your and home then, groups all the same? Or are they based on a book study that changes or what is it? Um, right now we have six home groups, six different homes doing six different studies. And you got a list of them over there on your right? I sure do, brother, right there on the board. <laughs> sure That's are. good stuff. I got to keep things on the board because I'll forget. Yeah, mine's right there. All my stuff's right over there. Yeah, for sure. So you you physically take home those sheets of paper and just go to work on them Sunday or Monday. Yeah, and any of them that come through um, the app or anything online from our website, I'll get an email in my inbox. And so that's a, a direct follow-up there too. So Monday, follow-up from me. Thursday, follow-up from Jacob. And then they go on, they're in our system, right? So they're in an assimilation track. And so, yeah. you know, hey, I want I want more information on the church. So we'll send them an invite to starting point, like our new, our new members lunch in as we yeah. say in the old traditional Baptist churches. Where's the lunch? <laughs> it's at my house. Oh, I get to go yeah. to the pastor's house right away. Bro, anytime we have starting point, yeah. If you've been at church for three weeks, you're getting an invite to my house with a group of 20 other people. I'm going to give you a timeshare pitch about why our church is so <laughs> awesome and why you should be a part of it. And get to watch you parent your kids and talk to your wife and... See how Absolutely. large you're living over there in Asante? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you see how much this church is tithing? <laughs> I will say, man, we don't do that anymore. We we did it for a long time, and my wife really misses it. She misses having everybody in the house um, because we, we could at least say we've seen nearly everyone in this church, whether they got connected or didn't get connected. They kind of came through you know, literally our house at some point. And yeah. we like that. Now we do it. Yeah. We do after church. Um, we call it newcomers lunch. Some people think that mm -hmm. that's not a good way to say it. They don't like the word newcomers. I don't know. But hmm. we we do pizza every time. And there yeah. are probably five staff members or volunteers from our like five insiders. And then whoever else is there. And it's terrible if there's just one person or Two yeah. people is better than one, obviously, but it's still not good. As long as there's three or four, and especially if there's more than that, it's great. No doubt. Yeah, it's awkward if there's not enough people. Yeah. And used to, we had every every staff member, every volunteer staff member, and their spouses all in you know our house. And every now and then, there'd just be like 
one one newcomer or two or something and it was terrible so yeah, i don't know why we in. moved it away from the house do what <laughs> they're about to get jumped into a gang <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's blood in blood out yeah for sure i mean for us like well one we rent a school and so we have to tear that thing down and get out of there so there's yeah. really no option but i think i would still do it out of our house even if we had a building um there's just something about it. Like I want to, I'm a very relational pastor, um, but also like I want to lead you and me leading you sometimes is going to look like me going to your home. It's a lot of times going to look like you coming to my home or we're going to meet in someone else's home because that's just kind of how we roll out here. It's just, there's a bunch of homes. There's nothing else. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a Sante way right now, isn't it? But y'all are growing. Y'all are getting your fries. Once the fries comes in, Starbucks can't be far behind. Dude, there's a Starbucks in the fries. There you go. We're we're living. We're living. You're talking about follow-up on all those cards. Of course, you know, Jackie Allen out there at CrossChurch, they get tons every week. I think they just have, I don't know, 20, seems like 30, it looks like. And Jackie will call them. If they'll put their phone number on there, you're getting a phone call from Pastor Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't call you, but that's because I'm a different generation than uh than jackie <laughs> oh, jackie <out. laughs> jackie's on his rotary dial dude he's over there one three yeah i, I uh, text I'll, I'll call i'll text um now it's more of a process and and uh we have somebody that does a lot of that but when i get a chance i love digging into like all the newcomer profiles i want to text them hey this is yeah. my number i'd love for you to have it i call for my regular number you know Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good move. It's the same as inviting them to your house. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying to call our people. I was like, maybe that's the, maybe that's the play. And it wasn't dude. Nobody's answering their phone. They don't, I still have a Dallas number. So two, one, four, they think I'm a telemarketer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they're not answering that. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll text them. Hey, it's pastor Alex. Thanks for coming to church Sunday. If I don't hear back from their email and, uh, probably nine times out of 10, I'll get a response from texting. Yeah. I hate email. I hate email and new people. I, I don't know why it just seems like, I mean, I guess it can work or whatever. It just feels like the lowest uh, investment of my time and effort. And it might, to me, I'm afraid it's going to seem like it's coming from info at Valley life. And I want them to know, yeah, like, it's really me. I, I would love for you to come back. I know that you were there. Yeah. It's it's impersonal, for sure. It's like I just met you and I'm shaking your hand with a glove on. Right. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yep. The church was church was good for you on Sunday. All these newcomer cards for you to follow up on. For sure, preach a good sermon, man. I was I'm proud of it and uh, walked away like it's good. I felt like God really he was doing some things in some some people's lives. Uh, what would you preach about? Word. It was First Timothy. No, it wasn't. It was First Peter, one through five. And okay. so I talked about yeah, um, God knows us, or God chose us. God knows us. God grows us for salvation. So, Amen. It was good. Yeah, covered the basics of the three stages of salvation. All of that. Got to walk our people through some some basic theological foundational things 
um, but also got to relate it to him personally and said, hey, like in trials, hold on. We've got mm-hmm. salvation. Yeah. God knows you, chose you, grows you through it all. So good stuff, man. How does Rachel feel about giving feedback? Is, is she pretty generic or is it specific or how is it? Um, dude, she's my, my best critic. Because uh, she's heard me preach since I was 18 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going, we're going on many years of her hearing me. And so, um, it's good because I'll, I'll get so focused in on like, okay, well, like, was that the best sermon I've preached in the last month? (laughs) She's like, how about you pan out and you look at how much better you are than when you were in your early twenties. And, um, so we're, we just went from a topical series to a expositional series going verse by verse all the way through first Peter. And so she was like, okay. this is a different style. And even with it being a different style, the quality didn't suffer. And so she knows a good sermon from a bad one. She knows, goodness, man, down to my vocal inflections. She yeah. knows how I'm sitting on it. And so um, very constructive. She knows I'm going to ask her how it was and mm-hmm. uh, encouraging, but not needlessly. So. Do you want the yeah. do you want the feedback or do you want to be just hey just tell me it was good so we can have lunch? I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she'll tell me if my illustrations were too long. She'll say you got too okay. excited on this part. Yeah. Yeah. She she'll say I was there for that story and that's not how it went. So. No. <laughs> I object. <laughs> yeah. Brooke is super generic Thank you for with it. Saying that. Yeah, Brooke really? will just be like, "It was good." Like, what do you want? You've done it for a long time. It should be good. Let's let's have lunch. And if it's no good, one time I sat down beside her after it was right right after it was over, and everybody was taking communion, and she just patted my leg and said, "It's okay, honey." Oh, ouch! <laughs> All right, so that's how Rachel wishes it was, but like, so you've given me the what? Like, okay, it's good, but I want the why. My heart is searching for the why. What made it good? If I know what made it good, I can keep doing that. If you tell me what made it bad, I can stay away from that. Yeah, Brooke won't do it. So that's when people say, hey, you know, Pastor, I appreciated that. or And I'm just digging. I'm like, oh, really? What part? Were you at first service or second service? Uh, you know, what did, what did you think? And I, I think they're more like, hey, man, I was just trying to get out of the building. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Sometimes I wonder if people take that because I'm the same way. What was your favorite part? And I think like, man, they've got to be leaving being like, this dude's so insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me go. So, Do you like the topical more or the expositional more? Um, Expositional. Even when we preach topical, I'm still just preaching on that topic expositionally. And so... Right. Yeah, I'm just finding scripture on it, and yeah, um, yeah, expositional all the way. How, how long do you think you'll be in First Peter? I mean, have you mapped it all Goodness the way man. out, or you don't know? Yeah, yeah, we slotted eight weeks for it. Um, I had prepped a hundred percent to preach all the way through verse twelve on Sunday. I got mm-hmm. to verse five and was like, "Man, yeah. I got to land this plane, or all these twenty new people ain't coming back." So. <laughs> Uh, I've got my sermon ready to go for this Sunday, but we'll probably have to bump it out to 12 weeks. Does so. that, 
So the way y'all are set up, do you have that kind of flexibility where it's no big deal to anybody like there, or is it a lot of stuff tied to what you're going to do? Um, so we, we do a sermon retreat once a year where we plan out like a year and a half, uh, worth of sermons. Okay. And so we've got it all planned out by the date and who's preaching it for the next year and a half. And, but that comes with flexibility. So, um, the only ones that are like set in stone are, um, the first sermon of the year, because that's like the call to action vision sermon. That's our, our birthday, um, yeah. celebration every year and then Easter and Christmas. So outside of those, we can, we set it in stone, but that concrete, it doesn't harden. So is that because you leave dead days? dead weeks that you know you can move around if you need to or just people aren't using that calendar so much that it worries you the only it's an internal calendar um that's just for pastoral staff so it's okay. just it's literally just me and jacob um if there's any change on it then we're notified um but really we kind of do it like plug and play like this is a 12-week series and so if this one goes further, well, like right after this, we had a, a four week series leading up to Easter. Mm -hmm. We'll just combine, we'll just go all the way first Peter up to Easter, Easter or Good Friday. Jake will preach Good Friday. I'll preach Easter Sunday. We'll still talk about the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And then after after that, we're moving into a new series. So yeah, there's some wiggle room for sure. Do y'all always do Good Friday? Uh, we just started it this last year. And it went so well, we were just like, we'll never not do it. Wow. I mean, unless this year we do it and it stinks, then we won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your wet, your wet cement set in stone. That's it, man. That's it. So you get in the school for a good Friday? Um, we can for Easter holidays. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, ha they're not having else, school. They won't allow it. Yeah. Um, that night we're good yeah um i think this last year the basketball team was scheduled to practice in uh -huh. the in the gym next door we're in the cafeteria and uh they were on the school district calendar for having rented it and we just had to like, call the coach like hey are you guys really practicing on good friday and he's <laughs> like no we just had to block that off so okay yeah yeah so what did you like good friday last year you said it went so well we want to do it again what was good about it? Man, it was a different feel of a service. It was almost, uh, I don't know, you could feel the drama. You could feel the tension, the buildup, right? Um, it was somber. It was almost a funeral service. What's up? But knowing that like. Yeah, I got Alex here. Sterling just walked in oh, here. Oh. What up, Sterling? No, I don't need to. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, Go ahead. Sorry about that. A little more morose. No, you're good. Yeah. We've done yeah. it before. Yeah. We, we've done it before and brought, you know, the different churches that are connected. At that time, we were more connected and brought them, everybody together. And it was good. I didn't know if we hit the target of, like you just said, more morose. Because mm -hmm. bringing everybody together felt like a celebration. And I've thought about yeah. doing it now just as Valley Life. And it would be more somber, you know, contemplative or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what it was for us. It was almost like um, it was like a little more chill, solemn uh, Christmas Eve service. 
Oh yeah, Christmas. It's like Christmas Eve, but more solemn. Yeah, yeah. Shorter service. Okay. Yeah, stripped down, worship set. Yeah. Did did new people come? <laughs> Zero, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was an internal event right there. And Easter was a big yeah. day for y'all? Big day. Biggest day. Um Easter, we, we run on average right now. 160 uh easter was 256 oh wow yeah yeah so we were we were uh busting at the seams man it was good i bet so what do you think for this easter what are y'all planning have you already started uh we have already started um we're expecting i don't know over 300 for sure um Hmm. so the first year so we're working as our third year of a church we just turned to um our first year we had 175 people at easter and that's huge year we had yeah yeah the week before we had 80 the whole church and so um by our by our second year you know by this time we're about where we were that first easter and so we're we thought we would grow to 250 on average uh that hasn't happened we're still trying to figure out how to get there um but the the retention rate of our second easter was much lower than that first one i think the first one people were coming out of the pandemic and they were looking for a place to to -hmm. find community i think that second easter people were already their masks off they were they were out having fun again yeah they found community so will you have any problem uh seating 300 i know some of those will be kids but we have any problem taking care of that many people not in two services um yeah we'll be good so we can we can sit 185 for each of our our services for adults or anybody in the worship service our kids ministry probably would max out at like 70 kids and that's babies nursery preschool and then k through fifth nice yeah. so this is a a uh, big deal coming up for you guys to see what easter does and then should Dude, you for sure stay in two services or not yeah yeah no doubt no doubt that's kind of like our that's the big question mark looming over us right now we're going to services regardless on easter we have to we know that yeah um but will the retention be high enough for us to stick to two services? So I've heard all over the charts, man. The full spectrum. You got you got everybody in your ear giving you their opinion. That's good. That's good. I like it. I can I can work with that. It gives me some some track to run on. But what you know, everybody wants to be associated, I think, with with what's going on on Asante. This is a big deal. Y'all are doing a really good job out there just two years in and to have this much strength and momentum. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible, really. Wow, man. That's good. That's good to hear. So is that I, what uh, you expected? I mean, what, what were you planning? I mean, what, what is on your dream board of what year two going into year three should look like? Man. Um, hey, give me one sec. Somebody just knocked on the door. Sure. Not bad, man. No, no sweat. All right. Uh, yeah what i was asking you was um what is on your dream what was on your dream board when you thought about year two you probably had some spreadsheet somewhere saying how many people should be in your church by now 
Yeah, I wish I wish uh, that were the case. Um, <laughs> I think we early on, you know, we had like projected up to the the first year, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I I always dream bigger than what we're realistically at. So I was I was hoping we'd break the two hundred people uh, glass ceiling by now. Yeah. So um, I know like we have some really good partners, and one of them has said. You know, once you get over 75 people, you're bigger than 50% of the churches in the world. That's and facts. so once you get over 150 uh, people, you're, I think you're like top 10% in the world or something like that. Just ridiculous. And so um, I wasn't, I coming out here, I wasn't really thinking through that lens. I came from being on staff at a really big church of 16,000 people and then going to work at a church of 400 people. And so I was just thinking, you know, I think our end goal, we wanted to get to 400 people and mm-hmm. then be a church that planted churches all along the way. So basically like a, a stopping point for people before we sent them out to go plant churches. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say some, I mean, somewhere in between like 200 and 400 would have, would have been the bullseye, but yeah, we're not hurting right now at 160, so. We're, I'm we're surprised growing, so. to, be, to be honest, just knowing you, it, it surprises me that there's not a spreadsheet, like a five-year plan or a, a 10-year executable vision or something like that. Dude, I have to force myself to those things. Really? The artistic, the artistic side of me is like, man, I'm in the moment and I'm going off my gut and that's like how I lead the best. And so, <laughs> yeah. So, and also like, and those are those are things that are so hard to control. Oh yeah, so, I mean it's uncontrollable for yeah. sure. I always say when I'm talking about n- numbers or pe- how many people are coming to church or how many people baptized, it's just so we can get cups. It's not for yeah, my yeah. identity or your identity. It's just so we know how many cups to buy or how many chairs to set out. We can set out fewer, yeah. but I just don't want to have to go buy more in the middle of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's hard not to get your identity wrapped up in it, you know, obviously. I think in any profession or calling, there's going to be that. Heck, if you're just a dad, it's hard to get, hard to not get your identity wrapped up in how good are the girls doing or how good are the boys doing, you know? So we always battle that. That's not only for pastors. But man, when we talk about numbers, that to me, there's a toxic side of it. And people have well documented that, right? But there is also a very practical side. I just want to know, are we taking good care of the people? If I have systems in place, you got me on my rant now. But if I have Go systems it, in place, if I have systems in place for 50 people and I can take real good care of 50 people and there's 100 people in the room, I'm doing a bad job of pastoring. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Yeah. So where have you been stretched? Okay. Uh, you said. Now, you said that um, to, to a five-year plan is just kind of not your way. You'd, you'd rather go with mm-hmm. your gut. What, where has church planning stretched you? Oh, man, it's in the, it's the in-between the big steps. So we're church plant. I want to get, get some land. I want to put a building on it. Like my, oh, do you? The fi- yeah, well, I sure do. <laughs> uh, you know, the, there's a fire burning inside of me that says, get this church established that's what we came out here to do. We didn't, dude, we don't, we didn't start this church to be a good church plant. And so 
I don't look around at other church plants. I'm looking at established churches and I'm saying, how do we get there? Mm-hmm. And so um, the hardest thing for me is the in-between. It's the day-to-day. It's the leading and the small things. It's the being consistent. Consistency is very hard. I can go hard after the big leadership moves and the things yeah. that are visible to the church and the community. Um, it's the things like follow-up emails. It's the things like answering the, you know, the prayer requests and praying for people and going to their house and praying for them. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's the pastoral side of things. It's not big. It's not fun. It's not always razzle dazzle. Yeah. But it's consistent. And it, there is a, I think a personality or a gift, people call it a gift mix that finds that sort of stuff easy, but probably, I think very likely finds the other stuff difficult. And we just, there's, there's always work to do stuff that you don't feel particularly gifted to do or whatever. And we just, we do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I've seen is the more disciplined we are in one area, I, and I know some people disagree with this, but I believe self-discipline in one area is contagious into other areas and a lack of discipline mm-hmm. in one area can spin you off into all sorts of foolishness. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. I found that um, embracing the toughness of consistency for me, um, it's easier for me to do it if I'm consistently in the word as soon as I wake up, if I'm yeah. consistently working out physically every day, if I, if I'm being disciplined with my diet, mm-hmm. um, spiritual, physical discipline leads into pastoral discipline for me. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not getting in the gym and maxing out on bench press every day because yeah. that'll absolutely destroy your body. But for whatever reason, I get in the, I get in my office chair and that's how I want to lead this church. We're maxing out <laughs> right. every day. Yeah. <laughs> We're powerlifting. I was, my brother came into town uh, last week and I found out that's all he does. He's a cop and they have a gym like in their whatever cop station. And that's all that dude does. Max bench press. <laughs> that's it. Every day. <laughs> Just go for it. Yeah, Absolutely. So hey, what is your routine? I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's got one. What is your routine? You mentioned uh, the word, working out. Obviously, food and fitness yeah. is a big deal. I think that mm-hmm. food and fitness is a springboard. I, I can't even understand. You know, there was a generation when pastors were just known as being unhealthy. That's just the way it is. And it almost seemed like a badge of honor to be out of shape, overweight, big, sweaty, yelling pastor is sort of in my mind. I don't understand yeah. that. I don't know how they um, have the self-discipline to do the other stuff that we need to do. But setting that aside, what's your rhythm? Uh, so my rhythm is um, Mondays are going to be tough because I just I got after it all day Sunday. So Sundays for me are kind of uh, it's where the week ends, but it sets up for the beginning of the next week to be really hard. So I'm at church from 630 in the morning till. Uh, setting everything up with our team to tearing down. I'm not home until one and I'm just exhausted and I'm wanting to, uh, I'm wanting to veg and rest and uh, just be selfish, but I can't, you know, yeah, family. 
And so now I've, you know, I've heard that when it comes to setup, you're right in the middle of it with them. You're not the guy over here with his Bible, like I got to get ready. You're you're doing the thing. No, man, I want to lead men, and men work, and so uh, I want to be the leader that's in the trenches with them. I want them to look next to him and see their pastor sweating his butt off right beside him. Changing his shirt. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm, I'm changing clothes before the service, like changing in the bathroom stall, like standing on top of my shoes because kids use it all week. So. Yep, I've been there. No it was doubt. me in the movie theater doing that. Yeah, bro. It's sketchy, but you got to do it. Um, so, yeah, man, right there with them. Um, I think men respect that. I think men, um, you earn the right to pastor them um, shoulder to shoulder. And for the guys I've seen that pastor from an ivory tower, they don't have the respect of the men in their church. And if you want to, you want to make some changes, you get the men on board. So that means work. Yeah. Um, so Monday morning, uh, I'm waking up 430. I'm in whatever proverb it is of that day. I'm trying to collect my thoughts on it. Um, I'm drinking water and then five o'clock I'm driving seven minutes down the road to one of our church members houses. His name is Mike, 30 years in the Marines and a master gunnery sergeant. And he is, he's put together a workout regimen that just kicks my tail. And so Mondays it's an hour to an hour and a half of full body strength training. And that will always start with 20 pull-ups. And okay. always end with a hundred push-ups, and that will also always start and end with him beating me in reps and strength. <laughs> there you go. All right. So four thirty in the morning. Alarm or no alarm? Alarm. Yeah. Okay. Can't do it without an alarm across the room. Make you get up. Make you go deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said water. Does that mean no coffee? Um, no coffee till after the workout. Oh, dude, my so, head would hurt. So for me, that's that's more medical than anything. I've got a, a thyroid that's been failing me for many years. Mm. So as soon as I wake up, I've got to take my thyroid medication. After that, I, uh, I've i got an hour before I can drink anything but water. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's just personal. So, gotcha. But water gets me, gets me going. How often do you do that workout with your buddy? That's Mondays and Fridays. Uh, okay. Tuesdays, it's the same thing. Wake up, read, um, journal, and then uh, it's usually a hike with another church planner down the road. Um, so we're trying to get some mileage on the trail, um, and then uh, some kind of high intensity interval training with kettlebells later in the day. Yeah, you're always uh, on those kettlebells, dude. There's something about kettlebells, man. It's just I don't know. It's special. We got a good relationship. <laughs> Did I tell you I got you sent me the uh the link to the the 45 pounder? I got it. Yeah, man. Dude, so you got that 45 pounder? I just rock a 35 pounder for most of my lifts. Oh, but really? I, I got another 35 pounder, so I'm up to 70 now, feeling strong. That is strong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's your that's your what's your uh, like eating plan? Uh so eating is it for months i was on the ketogenic diet just trying mm -hmm. to drop weight uh i kind of i got stressed out and i started overeating and body just got inflamed and uh got some really bad blood labs and so oh, shoot yeah doctor was like hey man you're so stressed and inflamed 
Uh, he's a doctor in Sun City West out here. So that's all retirees and people next to being dead. And he mm. said, you know, my clientele, uh, you're going to be my next heart attack patient if you don't change your, your way of living. And so it was a And that's why you were change. trying to drop weight? Yeah, yeah. He said, you got to get down to 210. I was 276. Whoa. And yeah, I was like, okay. I, one, I got to stop powerlifting. Uh, two, I can't just, I can't eat like I'm a high school offensive lineman anymore. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got to, I got to take this thing serious. So, man, I heard some, I heard somebody say, I hear, man, it was, it was a pastor. It was so good. He said, I, I hear a lot of dads saying they'll die for their families. I'll take a bullet from my family, but I look at you and you've never once lived for your family. And I can tell by the things you put in your body and the way that you take care of it. You've never once taken your diet seriously. You've never once stepped foot in the gym. You don't care about your health. So you can take a bullet all day long, but you're not actually living for your family. So I was like, oh, crap, I got to get it together. Yeah. yeah. So how long ago was that? Oh, man, that was about six months. So as of uh, this morning, down to 235. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, I just got my blood labs back. Just went to see the doctor to get them translated. And uh, no longer even close to risk for a heart attack. Um, and they said, you're not going to get down to 210. Your frame alone weighs that. And so mm -hmm. just get down to 225 and, and you're good. So that's but, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, that was ketogenic diet for six months or so. And now it's just a, uh, it's a moderate diet. So macronutrients, 33% protein, 33% carbohydrates, 33% fat, and just calorie counting. So I'm eating less than my body needs to burn. So, I'm, so you, I'm you're kind of eyeballing the macros and then you're counting the calories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How difficult do you find? I mean, I know you're, you are motivated because of the health stuff. Do you find it hard? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I think it, that's the consistency factor again. Mm. It's the, uh, it's the staying disciplined. Uh, by no means do I want to turn my phone on and type in what I'm eating every time I put something in my mouth, but it's, it's forcing me to check myself. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be this many calories. Do I really want to do this? And, uh, it's monotonous. It gets boring. It gets old. You feel like, I don't know. You feel like you're being babysat, but I realized I was stuffing my face with thousands of calories of just unneeded food. I was overnourished to the point of being fat, inflamed and obese and unhealthy. Did you come out here that way? I mean, were those your habits when you got out here that were unhealthy or, you know, is some of this, Paul said, I was shipwrecked. I was beaten, nearly dead, stoned. And on top of all that, my daily anxiety for the churches. And I think about that yeah, last it line. Was, it was a mix. Um, I've just never been consistent. I realized, you know, when I look at my life right now, um, it's heavy into this. It's heavy into that. It's obsessed about this. It's obsessed about that. And uh, I realized that I, I can be obsessed about my health for a season. 
but I'm not being consistent. And so discipline has really been the focus in all of this consistency and discipline and, uh, the, the flame and the obsession, the desire to be fit with strength and be fit with my diet has long since faded. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now it's just at the point of some days it's grueling, but I know I'm going to be better for it. And so, uh, if I'm going to be consistent, if I'm going to stay disciplined, and everything else in my life that matters is going to move forward. It's going to start with this. Do you think it'll ever get to be a habit where that maybe the grueling isn't there? It's just kind of what you do. For sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's not yet. Uh, here I am. Like I'm, I'm nine months in to working out, uh, six days a week. <clears throat> and then, you know, the diet being on point, um, you know, most of the month, I'd say one to two cheat days a month. Um, and the only thing that keeps me going some days is just accountability. Yeah. I know that if I don't show up to Mike's house by 458, uh, I've let one of my people down mm. and, you know, this is the man I, I respect. I don't want to lose his respect. I count right. on him and our church. He can, he can count on me in his garage. Um, yeah, and I've got a group of friends that keeps me going. And I know that, uh, if I don't send a, uh, as soon as I get done with any workout, I take a screenshot on my phone, I send it into this group text. And, uh, I know if I don't send it, there's probably not going to be anything that's said, but I know if I do send it, all right, I've, I've been accountable for the day and yeah. I probably didn't want to do this. You. You probably understand I didn't want to do this, but I'm sending it in and uh, I've, I've done it. So here it is. And it always comes with encouragement, encouragement that makes it worth it, even if you didn't want to do it. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's kind of accountability. I don't want to let people down. And I know mm -hmm. eventually this will shift into a habit of yeah, whether there's other people around or not. I'm doing it. I do think if you didn't send that text for a long time. I mean, I'm in that thread and I think some of us would be like, bro, we're counting on you. I, I need to know that you're in it with us. I think so, man. I think so too. Um, <clears throat> no doubt you guys would call me out. I, but, uh, one of my favorite things yeah. about all that, you know, just watching everybody go for it is Mike Lee saying, I would, I would sooner not brush my teeth in the morning than not take that three mile hike with my wife. I think about that one all the time. I'm not there yet, but my brother is there, and that's where I want to be one day. And that's no doubt, man. That's no doubt. But yeah. All right. I, I got uh, something else to ask you. Yeah. Taking you back yeah, to, man. I'm taking you back to Proverbs. You said you dig uh, into Proverbs, whatever day it is. Collect your thoughts on yeah. that. You're putting it down in a journal. Yeah. I don't see you bring that to Facebook too often. Yeah, I'm a ghost cat on Facebook. Is that by design or like what's going on? I, I would love to know, you know, what's Asante Church's take on the proverb of the day? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, man, for me, I, I put all, so I, I run social media for our church right now. That's kind okay. of, <clears throat> I, I have a marketing background. So I'm putting, I'm putting all of my social media capacity into the church's account. That makes sense. And uh, so mine stays neglected. If, that makes uh, sense. If I'm real excited about something, I'm sharing like our events 
Um, if there's like a big life change, I'm sharing that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I kind of ghost cat on social media. You do. Um, yeah. But when I post something, it'll get traction. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't, I don't spin my, I don't spin my tires, you know. But yeah, I've thought about it. I, I see the way that you use your your Facebook, and man, it's for honestly for me and my wife. Uh, there are days where like, man, I'm so glad Brian posted this because. Now it's motivated me for this. Um, I just know again I can be I can be hot on it for a minute, and then I can come off of it completely. And so, for me, like if I'm, because you're basically becoming an internet pastor, an internet <laughs> pastoral influence at that point. I mean, really, when you use Facebook the way that you do, um, I know if I were to offer that for a season. And then come off of it. It would be a disservice. You're you're basically pastoring the 1,200, 1,600, two, three thousand friends you have through those posts. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether they like it or not, they're they're based on the algorithm. They're probably reading it. And so that would be for me. I, I would look at that as like uh, I've I've preached two and a half years in a row, and now I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna ghost. Like I'm just gonna not preach a sermon for a while, I feel like it would have to be an explanation. And so for me, I want to make sure consistency and discipline stay front and center in my life and then maybe take something on like that. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I just, I try to use it almost like a journal, like whatever's in my head. It just helps me. In fact, when I was in seminary and trying to write papers, I would open up Facebook just to get the thing, get my juices going. Cause I couldn't write on this blinking, whatever, you know, a paper. I didn't like it, but I can write Facebook posts. So I would be like, well, polycarp, no whatever. <laughs> and start putting it in there. I get four or five paragraphs. I'd cut and paste it and I could write my paper from there. Dang. That's wild, man. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'd say something and get fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you mentioned, you mentioned Rachel, um, so how, how have you taken on the challenge of, it's the same as I think, maybe this is a stretch, but you, you might say it's the same as anything entrepreneurial or semi-entrepreneurial planting a church. We're trying to make something from nothing, trying to galvanize people. How have you, what steps have you taken to keep marriage front and center, despite all the massive effort it takes to dig something from zero to one? Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I had to learn how my wife feels loved first and foremost. It's not the way I feel loved and it's not the way that I love by default. So I tend to try to love her through service. Uh, her love language is quality time. And mm-hmm. so um, the way that looks for us now, we've just in the last, goodness, probably six months, really gotten into a healthy rhythm. Uh, my Fridays are, are hers. And so it's my, it's my day off from the church. Um, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do my normal routines. Uh, I'm going to get out of bed before she is. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go work out with Mike. And then uh, I'm going to take the girls to school that day. I'm going to come back. She's going to have time to drink her coffee and just kind of chill. Uh, we're going to plot out the day. I'm going to pursue her heart for adventure. And then uh, we both love hiking. So we go hiking together. We'll pick a different trail on a different mountain. And uh, we're trying to knock out 
every mountain around us within a what? 20 minute range right now. Yeah. We got, we got two more to go. And so, uh, pursue her heart through adventure. And then I know I can always pursue her heart through food. And so we set aside money, uh, and savings and, uh, I take her, we go on a hike and then I take her out for lunch. And so we're pretty budget conscious. And so we try to get out of a Mexican food restaurant as cheap as we can. You pounding uh, chips and salsa. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. For <laughs> sure. We're ordering one entree for two, all that stuff. So did you, did you have that rhythm or that understanding set up before you got here? Or is that something you developed in, in the time you've been here or what? Yeah, just in the time we've been here. Uh, <clears throat> when we first came out here, our girls, um, they weren't in school yet. So one of them was, one of them wasn't. So we had our youngest daughter, Mackenzie, with us um, all day Friday, which makes it really hard to date. Yeah. So we would have... Uh, my mom moved out here with us, so she'd take the girls. We'd have Saturday. I always found that Saturday, I wasn't really present with her because mm. I was thinking about church the next day. It's just too close to the sermon. So it's too close, man. And so I, I learned that if I have everything done Thursday, Friday, I can take off completely. She can be my sole focus. I can be present. And we're going on an adventure. So, nice. But that wasn't that wasn't until the past six months, though. So, right. Tell me this. Do you think church planting? I mean, just I I know you you had your little girl in the house as opposed to now they're both in school. But do you think church planting or even pastoring, senior pastoring like you are now, made things more difficult Mm -hmm. than life in Texas? And would any of that difficulty, if it is more, be laid at the feet of church planting? Or is it just hard being young and married? Uh. Church planting is by far uh, the most difficult thing we've had to do or okay. been called to do, but we're so much healthier because of that. So um, we've been in ministry before, um, but it wasn't really like we were we were following the shots of somebody else, and both of our lives were fully devoted in the ministry together. We were pretty pretty darn healthy in that zone. Uh, was in ministry for a while, was a fire inspector at a, uh, just a, a company, um, mm-hmm. in the DFW area, our marriage wasn't very healthy in that stage of life. And it, so if you look at like, I was less stressed. I worked way less hours. Um, everything set itself up to, for our marriage to be healthier, but we weren't on mission together. Like how could we be for a company I worked for while she stayed home with the girls? Yeah, And so coming out here to plant a church, our marriage is by far healthier than it's ever been because now we're both focused on the same thing that God has called both of us to. We're going after this thing together. We're a team. We're talking about it. We're discussing it. We can't, I don't really understand how people keep it separate uh, mm. when God calls them both to it. And so we've just decided like, yes, there will be times where we don't talk about church planting, but because this is what God has called us both to, then we're going to give this our all together. And so uh, I would say because we're focused on the same thing, um, it makes it so much easier for me to pursue her heart, for her to pursue mine. And uh, we're just kind of in this adventure together. So due to that, we're healthier. Obviously, our kids and everything, kids are hard. Being a dad, being a mom, those are hard. But 
I think if you stay focused, what we've experienced is when we both stay focused on the overarching calling of what God has called us to, and we go after that together, then the the lesser trials just seem pretty insignificant. So you can get through a bad day if you know yeah. that it's for a greater purpose. Uh, you say you're both called to, you both had served in Texas on the same mission and now together here. Does she have a particular role in the church or is it more like, no, I mean, she's supporting me as pastor, but we're in the same direction. What does she do? Yeah. So early on, she was very, very involved in the church. Um, really, I don't know. There wasn't much she wasn't involved in just because I was bouncing ideas off of her. She's fully involved. We talked about every aspect of it, how it was growing, what we saw God doing. Um, over the years, she stepped back more and more and more. Um, early on, she handled money. She did assimilations. At one point, she was our church administrator. Um, wow. Now I can happily say that she is over our first impressions team. Um, okay. And she will be until we find someone else to lead it. She does our monthly teacher outreach to the school that we rent for Sunday mornings. Um, and those are the two primary areas that she serves right now. And mm-hmm. so I keep finding ways for her to, to hand things off, to step back. Um, our goal coming out here, we knew that we were going to be doing ministry side by side. And she was all in, very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're doing ministry beside each other. But I know we're going to get to the point where her primary ministry will be me and she will support me and make sure that I'm being the pastor I can be to my full potential. Um, Not fully to that point yet, but we're getting really close. Yeah. I think there's, you know, a thousand different ways of doing it. Some, um, some pastor's wives love to be right in the middle of it and their gifts, let them do that. And um, you know, back in the South, how it is, pastor's wife supposed to play the piano and run the women's ministry and all that stuff. And that never fit with Brooke. That's just not her thing at all. And one of the good yeah. things about planting a church is just do whatever you want to do from the beginning. And that's what everybody gets used to. And she's just always wanted yeah. to be in the nursery. That's just, that's her thing. That's what she likes. And she's done it for 11 years, practically every Sunday. <laughs> right. No doubt. Yeah. And there's like, there will never be like a Sunday where Rachel isn't serving in some capacity. We want all of our people to serve, but. Man, I think one of the most freeing things for her is in the West, there aren't the expectations of the pastor's wife that there were in the South. Yeah, that's a fact. And that's been awesome. Well, really, I think the whole pastor's family, including sometimes pastor, um, especially, you know, we're talking church planning, especially when you set it up from the beginning, like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And she's not worried yeah. about that. And don't talk to my kids like that. <laughs> you know, whatever, you get to say what you what you think it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of freedom in that, man. It's good. So much less uh, stressful. It's yeah. It's not near as much of a pressure cooker that way. And God bless the people that are called to minister in the Bible Belt and in the South and whatever. But yeah. boy, I, sh- I sure do fit here in the West. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, dude, I'm glad you're out here with us. It's uh, good to catch up with you. I appreciate you. however long we've been sitting here. I appreciate you giving me the time. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for the call, and uh, it's good to be with you, man. All right. Later on, Alex. All right, brother. See you.